Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafinit over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow that show at FI Today with a little underscore. And also, slap those stars around a little bit on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Always share it, always comment. If you can leave a review, that is fan-supertastic, fan-supertastic. And another thing that's fan-supertastic is my co-host here, the leader of the pack, the guy who sets great lineups each and every week. It is Pierre Wilson at Wee 31 over on Twitter. Hello, Pierre. What up, Wes? How we doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I believe the, the term is I am on location. Oh. Um, so I'm down in your neck of the woods, uh, just south of you, trying to enjoy some sunshine after the negative 36-degree windshield <laughs> I left in Indiana. What a crazy week. You know, you, you can do all the research you want to going into a season, and you can try and do the best you can from a fantasy uh, drafting, you know, uh, throughout redraft leagues or even dynasty leagues or anything. But then, you know, week 16, 17, 18, they're just going to throw monkey wrenches and everything during championship weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough because you teams stop playing, you know, for things. They clinch playoff burrs, trying to rest their players. Then you have the weather as the the, the winter, you know, starts to, to enter in. You see some changes, which took place, you know, quite a bit last week in, in some of the spots. So, Really tough at the end of the year. You, you got to keep up on news. Otherwise, you could be left behind. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I put out a tweet that said uh, something like, if, if to win your league, it takes 80% skill, or to make the playoffs in fantasy redraft leagues, it takes 80% skill, 20% luck, okay? And, and and I said to win a fantasy championship, it's flipped. It's opposite. It takes 20% luck, and it does, no, 20%, uh, 80% yeah. luck, 20% yeah. skill. And and I kind of think that's true. I'm, I, you know, it's it's out there for effect a little bit, but at the same time, there's some truth to that. There is, there is, and you won't hear that from you know the fantasy sites themselves because they really promote the whole skill piece, which there is skill involved. Sure. But when you think about injuries, weather, matchups, and the timing of those matchups, like who plays what, which weeks, uh, coaches' decisions, all of that kind of plays a part, and those aren't things that you can predict. So that's where the the luck kind of comes in play. And and even like this week, you, you said there was some breaking news right before we came on the air. Ed, go yeah. ahead and break that news to everybody. Yeah, so Derek Carr just got benched like five minutes ago <laughs> by Josh McDaniels for oh, the Raiders. Man. They're turning to Jarrett Stedham, uh, who I'm guessing McDaniels knew a bit in New England, uh, fourth-round pick with the Patriots. But this is probably Carr's like end of the road. I'm guessing yeah. he's done with the Raiders. But just that news itself. Now you're thinking, you know, what's that mean for Devontae Adams, who came to the Raiders to join Derek Carr, not just for the last two games this year, but what's that mean going into next year when you're looking at Dynasty with Adams now? And so just a lot of question marks can take place and pop up. And that was one, again, five minutes before we start recording here, the Derek Carr news just broke. Yeah, and, and, and I must say, Stidham, he is not a terrible quarterback. The kid, I, I saw him in Auburn. I believe New mm-hmm. England drafted him from Auburn. And while yep. he was at Auburn, I said, boy, that kid's got an arm. He's got an arm. He stands back there like a statue a little bit, a little bit of mobility. He, he's not terrible. He I, He's not great, but he's not terrible as far as a quarterback goes. But it does look like they're going to be look, moving in a different direction other than Derek Carr. And maybe what I said a couple of weeks ago, Pierre, I don't know, four or five weeks ago about Derek Carr being the Colt quarterback might be coming. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he comes with Devontae Adams, sure. 
if that's okay. like a package deal, but otherwise, no, <laughs> no, thank you. I don't want any part. But what do they do? Like, how? What do they turn? Because I'm pretty sure their first round pick was in that Devontae Adams trade, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I thought that was the case. Um, otherwise, if they if they have their own pick still, then yeah, they might look quarterback themselves. Uh, I believe they would be around pick nine right now. Yeah. Uh, well, you never know what happens in the offseason in the NFL, Pierre. But we do know what happens each and every week for us here on the DFS Dreamer podcast. We put on a DFS Dreamer contest. Mm-hmm. If this is the first time you're listening to us, always follow the DFS Dreamer tweet over on the FI Today with a little underscore over on Twitter. And I usually pin it over there. I'll pin it to my Loafinet account. Right now, I've got the Baby Bowl Playoff pin tweet over there because it's Coming up to that time of year where Rob Norton is putting on those Bayboll playoffs, and that's one of my favorite times of year, Pierre. I love the arm time each and every week, but the Bayboll playoffs are just special to me for some reason. I don't know why they are, but they are. And so make sure you sign up for the Bayboll playoffs, which is over there on the FI Today with a little underscore tweet, pin tweet, and we will put twin uh, – p- p- tw- <laughs> that was good. That was a good one, wasn't it? I'm a professional. We will pin this tweet over on the Loafinet account, and uh, attached to that will be this DFS Dreamer podcast contest that we put on each and every week. Who won it last mm-hmm. week, Pierre? Well, we had two again, so it'd be nice to finally have a week oh, yeah, about two. Uh, but when it came to the main Saturday slate, that was taken down by Stall uh, Dash Un, um, who's my buddy Ryan, actually. He had a 155.76. Uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Henry, Jarek McKinnon, DJ Metcalf, Jahan Dotson, DJ Moore, uh, Mitchell Wilcox, Travis Kelsey, Texas defense for 155.76. You were right there just off the podium yourself. You were down in fourth, I believe, for that one, and I was down in the basement. I had a lot that went wrong, even though I had Minshew and a lot of money to spend. And then the uh, Christmas Day slate, we also did that. Um, is actually a winner was who I'm down here visiting right now, who's my brother-in-law, the Fike, uh, 177.14. So I got to hear all about that. <laughs> upon my arrival <laughs> man he he kind of outpaced everybody because i i finished i think third on that one if i'm not second. mistaken or second that second okay i got second but he was by he was up by like 20 points on me and i was no way i was gonna catch him yeah he had a 177.14 tom brady uh with leonard fournette and chris godwin uh he also had aj Dillon. Had Jalen Waddle, so uh, he's a, a Bama fan as well just so you're aware so he had Waddle there from bama alan lazard uh, then the separators, Tyler Higby and Cam Akers mm. were kind of the two separators on that slate with the Rams putting up 51 points and the Dolphins defense uh, for 177.14. So really good score that week or that, yep. that slate. No, that that really is. That Tampa offense is just atrocious, man. I expected I expected a couple of different touchdowns from them from Fournette. I put Fournette and White, I think, in that lineup uh, on Sunday. But you just kept seeing them stall out. They just keep stalling out right around that 10-yard line or so. They, they just can't get it in the end zone. Yeah, there's even rumors now that Leftwich may be out. Um, I personally think that Arians was probably the, the one that had that wheel turning. I know Brady gets a lot of the credit, but I'm guessing it was Bruce Arians that was kind of the offensive genius for that system. We we've seen it wherever he's went. Uh, now he's gone. You got top bows and then Leftwich, and the the offense is faltered. In addition to to Brady getting older, of course. Of course. All right, Pierre, we got this DFS Dreamer podcast slate to look at here on Sunday afternoon. Not Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was just confirming it wasn't yes. Saturday. <laughs> yes, it's been goofy. Back to Sunday. <laughs> we're back to Sunday again. All right, so we're we're back to Sunday right now. And the first game is going to be the Arizona versus Atlanta game, which mm-hmm. I don't know what Colt McCoy, whether or not he's going to start. I think that plays a big part in some of these 
wide receivers for Arizona because uh, when Colt McCoy was in there, it kind of seemed like everything was fine and nobody missed a beat. But with McSorley in there, is, is that right, McSorley? That yeah. sounds kind of funny yeah. when I said it. Uh, Greg <laughs> Dorsch trace. really, really jumped off there. And if he's if he's going to be jumping off again, he's only 3K and he looks like a great pick right now. Yeah, he'd be the, the value of the slate. Um, I think that could be the case regardless of whether it's McCoy or McSorley. And oh. what you – what you want is you want his snap count to stay up. So it kind of jumped up again uh, this last week. His price didn't really go up just given the timing of when everything was released. So the the Cardinals were a Christmas Day slate, and most of this main slate was done Saturday night after the main slate. So that's why his price stayed at 3K. Saw double-digit targets, caught double digits as well. Uh, so, again, for minimum salary that you can get for a receiver, uh, Dorch is definitely going to be on a lot of people's radars. Be careful. Uh, obviously, he could go back to the the five sure. to nine percent that he had. But if you do expect him to be on the field, play seventy plus percent of the snaps like he did, uh, he would be happy with that ten for ninety eight that he got on Christmas Day. Yeah, I know. You know, for me, like in this championship round uh in a couple of different leagues that i'm in i have to swing for the moon you know i gotta I got shoot for the stars on, on a couple mm-hmm. of these redraft things and i thought about dorch but then i thought about dorch's zero because i got a lot of zeros from goodwin <laughs> yeah. last week with the with the seahawks and i'm going okay i can't do that i'd much rather if i could go out and pick up a drake london or even play drake london on DraftKings. i think this point total is only 42 for the game but i yeah. think that this one can really go over uh this it looked like to you know the arizona cardinals i ain't gonna say quit but man they they you know, turnover prone, everything like that. It's going to put Drake London in great spots. And he's had nine, 11 and 12 targets his last three games. And at 4,900, that seems like mm-hmm. a good spot to be in. Yeah. And he has Ritter now, you know, who actually throws the ball a little more than Mariota mm-hmm. and it correlates. So even when you look at like a Dorch, if you decide to go there for, for three K, you can then go to, to Drake London for correlation at just 4,900 and you're only spending basically 7900 for two receiver spots uh, and guys that I know you said with London, nine plus targets the last three, uh, add in Dorch's 11 targets, you know, his last game. You're getting double digit targets uh, from two guys that are going to combine for under 8K salary. Definitely. Tight end wise, I don't think we can look at anybody in this game uh, whatsoever from a defensive perspective, Pierre. And I know we got a couple of more good positional players to still talk mm-hmm. about, but I switched over to the defense real quick because I do like the Atlanta Falcons at 2,700 uh, going against the Cardinals. And McSorley did put up a lot of interceptions last time. Yeah, I think you can play the, the Cardinals too. Both uh, the, the Cardinals are at 3K. We saw them kind of halt, you know, Brady and, you know, they called it Denver the game before for 11. So, there are other there are other spots in the 2K range. There's two in particular that I think most most folks are going to flock to just because the spots just look spectacular. Uh, but if you do want to get different, I think uh, Arizona and the Falcons perhaps you know can can help you with that 42 over under you, there on defensive side. If you're looking to stack this game, would you stack it with a Ritter? Would you think about playing a Ritter, or would you just play the other guys as kind of like a skinny stack uh, as far as the wide receivers go? I would go skinny just because I don't think Ritter or McSorley gives you the upside that you need from a quarterback position. Okay, yeah. I mean, no matter how good Desmond Ritter has looked last week compared to the first week, he still only gave you 10 DraftKings points. Exactly. And, uh, if, I don't know. Maybe a touchdown. You tend to want like 25-plus from your quarterback if you can get it. 
Yeah, uh, he's just a touchdown or two away from that. I mean, that, so it's everybody, I guess. Uh, running back-wise, James <laughs> Conner's still doing everything, everything. And at 7,200, it's a little bit past what I would like to pay for a James Conner in a game like this where I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to get, how much he's going to play. But he's been paying that off recently, Pierre. At 7,200, he's not terrible if you want to be contrarian. And he's been really good. <laughs> you look at, what, like, five out of his last six. He's gotten 18-plus. He's gotten 23-plus uh, and four out of the last six. He's getting uh, targets from the passing game. He's getting pretty much all the rushing attempts. They're not playing for anything. Like, they're they're one of the worst teams from a record standpoint, mm-hmm. but they're still playing hard. So, if he's going to be out there, if they're going to risk him, um, maybe it's Clingsbury uh, kind of playing for his job here. Uh, but, yeah, if he's able to put up that 23-plus, uh, you would take that. That's coming in at the, the three times that you need at a 7,200 price range. He's getting all the touches, so he'll, he'll be in play, and there's a lot of folks that will look at his game logs and flop to him, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just I'm scared about how, like you said, they're they're not playing for anything, Mm-mm. and it's against the Atlanta Falcons. It, I just, I'm afraid that they're going to start putting these guys in neutral, especially these veterans that they're going to be trying to count on next year to try and avoid injury at some point. That's what I worry about with a guy like James Conner. Yeah, hey, I mean, he's great now, second best points per dollar uh, right now but behind one of the top guys, so... From a projection standpoint, obviously, he's just looking at the median, but he's he's grading out really well. Again, what they actually do from a game script standpoint is going to determine how he does for the actual uh, week. Algier seems to be getting all the work there for Atlanta nowadays. Cordell Patterson has kind of been put in neutral, put in shutdown mode a little bit. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing, but Algier is getting that. At 5,300, it looks like he's a good bargain, too. He got 15 last week, DraftKings points, without a touchdown. So I, I like that where he is. Even get the receptions nowadays. Yeah, and uh, Huntley's hurt. He was the other uh, young player that they were playing. So he's he's out. So when you look at the fact that Algier also got five targets, uh, last week also, that, that helps you quite a bit. And if you do want to, you know, take a chance with the the Ritter kind of stack that you, you talked about, a really mm-hmm. cheap way of doing it would be go Ritter with Drake London, with Tyler Algier to try to get basically all the touchdowns on the ground and through the air and then run it back with a Dorch for really cheap uh, would be a way to, to get a cheaper stack that you hope goes off. And then you can maybe pay up at other spots for some of those ceiling guys. That game is in a dome, which is important this time. Yes. I don't see any weather conditions, but we always like those favorable dome matchups. And another game that's in the dome is the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. at 52 points. This one is. I know Justin Fields is hurt, Pierre. I know what he did last week on the ground. I think about 11 yards or something like that. But this is the Detroit Lions. And <laughs> you're not, if Justin Fields is out there, I want to play him because I think people are going to be thinking about what he did last week. I'm sure we'll see a questionable tag by him at some point this week. Maybe we won't, but just everybody knows Fields hurt. And at 7,900, I think he could get there against the Detroit Lions at three times the value. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be the popular game. And I think Fields will be the way many go. I mean, you want to go there, uh, especially with his rushing upside. I do agree he's banged up, but they're saying they're not going to shut him down, even with the, the shoulder injury, I believe, right. his, in his foot or something, get tweaked or stepped on yep, in that yep. Buffalo game as well. But you look at this first matchup here in Week 10 with that, that 43 fantasy point outburst that he had outdoors. Now he's indoors on the, the turf there. Uh, Fields is, is for sure in place. I don't know who you can stack it with. It's yeah. the the frustrating part. Like, I don't I don't know if if they'll get if Claypool will be back. I'm not sure. Maybe Claypool, but without Claypool, there's no one in the receiving core that just jumps out. Like, you don't want to Pringle. 
You don't want Pettis and Elvis right. Jones Jr. Coco Met's been the one that's hit with him. Yep. The the two times he did go over 40 plus, but even then, like, do you really want Cole Komet? But that would be the route you would have to go. I do think this will be the the game of the week from a stacking standpoint. So folks are going to be on Phillips for 7,900. Yeah, and maybe the better sna- stack, uh, not snack, maybe the better stack <laughs> would be to go Jared Goff and go with an Amon mm-hmm. Ross St. Brown and a DJ Shark or something like that because it spares defense no matter whether Justin Fields is playing or not. It's just been atrocious and just been a funnel for DraftKings points. It feels like no matter what the weather, it doesn't it doesn't matter. So I, I'd like to I like to look at the Detroit side and then maybe run it back with a Cole Komet. Uh, would you be looking at Goff and then two receivers? Is that what you'd be doing? Yeah, and um, I might even do that with Fields. <laughs> just, oh. just don't like run him naked, as we say, which means playing him alone, and then go uh, two lines receivers on the other side. Could be a way to look at it. But Goff, I mean, he's been he's been really great this year, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can really speak to his home road splits. But even last week on the road, he put up twenty nine point seven. For last two years, he's averaging twenty points at home versus thirteen away. So I, I do like golf. He is great now. Best points per dollar this week at 5,600 right now. Uh, pretty easy target tree, I feel, for you to, to kind of pick on there with the uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously. And then I think DJ Chark would be the the two that folks team to, to flock to. And then you kind of caught out that tight end situation last week. Uh, and really, you really didn't know who was going to be. Again, you right. had Brock Wright. You had Zilstra. Uh, even James Mitchell on the field. And Zilstra seemed to be the the one to be the beneficiary with three touchdowns <laughs> from Shane Zilstra at 2500 uh, He's up $300, but you can try to take a shot, you know, one of these cheap line tight ends as well and hope for that type of outcome where one of them just gets one or two cheap touchdowns to pay off their salary. Yeah, I may have called that one right last week a little bit, but I didn't know the right number. I really didn't. I just was dialing the <laughs> random numbers on that. And I think that's what you got to do with the Detroit Lions tight end mm-hmm. situation. When I look at the running backs here, Pierre, I don't like any of them. Because I, I, I don't like David Montgomery in a losing season. Why are you going to put that out there on the line for him? And and the Detroit Lions run defense is pretty good. And I can't trust any of the Detroit Lions running backs. But I'll say this, if Jamal Williams is out, Mm-hmm. I don't mind taking a little shot on, what is it, Jordan Jefferson? Is that his name? What is it? Jameer mm-hmm. Jefferson. Jameer Jefferson a little yeah. bit. He Is that right? I mean, I think they, they have him, but, I mean, they still got Justin Jackson and DeAndre That's Swift, what I, I met so. Justin Jackson. I met Justin Jackson. <clears throat> I was trying to find him. I can't find him on the sheet. Yeah, he's there. He's he's 4K. He's minimum salary at running back. Justin Jackson is. They also have Jameer Jefferson oh, as well. See, so that's what it is. They got there. Jackson all the way down there at the bottom. <laughs> they got I can't even scroll that far. That's why I, was, I knew it was two J's. You know me, man. I knew it was two J's. <laughs> I mean, but again, like who's going to get the the touches, the work? Mm-hmm. You don't know there. Uh, Swift saw fifty six percent of the snaps last week. Uh, we've seen this before, and we thought you know Swift was finally going to get unleashed, and then he didn't. Uh, but the Lions are still in that playoff chase, and they they need to get a win here. Bears, I don't think they're really playing for anything at all right now. Maybe the number one overall pick if the Texans somehow keep winning. Uh, But other than that, I mean, I don't mind, you know, a DeAndre Swift. uh, 56% of the snaps again last week compared to 24 from Williams, who has banged up, and then 21 from Jackson. Uh, He's only 5,300. We've seen the Bears struggle against the run on the ground as well. Uh, They're, I think, 29th uh, against the run in the entire NFL. So it could be a Swift week if folks are kind of tired and over. This whole DeAndre Swift season, go ahead and play him while no one else is going to and hope that he has his breakout game. 
I like that thought. The roster chip percentage might dictate for me if I'm going to play any yeah. DeAndre Swift or not, because yes, this Bears defense <laughs> has rolled over and died about a month ago. That's <laughs> once once they tried to traded the linebacker, it was all over. Hey, the next game we got Jacksonville at Houston. People are going to really have to pay attention to what the news is coming out of Jacksonville, whether or not oh, they're going to play their starters or not. You know, who knows? And I know that right now, uh, Doug Peterson is saying that they're not going to sit anybody. They're playing all throughout the rest of the year. I, I don't know how much I believe that. Maybe they. Start people maybe they don't i don't know and then houston has just been a weird goofy team i don't i want to play this game pierre i do i want to but i'm not going to yeah there's there's one spot that everyone wants to play but it's so risky to do it because you don't know what jacksonville is going to do like this game is kind of pointless if we're being honest mm-hmm. uh regardless of what happens between the the jags and the titans this week the winner of that game in week 18 is going to win the division so and they play There's, each other. Week yeah, 18, they play yes, each other. So this correct. game is is not mean something. It's pointless. I mean, they, they say it's not pointless, but it's technically pointless because regardless of the outcome, you're still going to be in a, a winner go home situation week 18. So why why would you risk injuring, you know, your best players this week is my thought process when it doesn't mean anything. Next week is the one where you want folks healthy and, and ready to roll. So I would personally sit my starters and the, the main guy here that I'm referring to is Travis Etienne. We played running backs uh, against the Texans. He's only 6,400. You would love him in this matchup, but why would you risk him uh, when it doesn't mean anything? Even if you win, you're still playing the the Titans next week. So that's mm-hmm. the tough part here. It means you might want to go to a Jermichael Hasty if you want right. to get cute, get tricky. He's down at 4,500. Same matchup, but I mean, then what if they take out Lawrence and you're looking at a backup? you know, with C.J. Beathard or something like that. It just gets ugly, so I will probably avoid uh, this game personally myself, too. Yeah, it's, there's there's unpredictable. And then you think about the Tennessee Titans. They got 10 days from this game, where they play on Thursday, so they'll have 10 days of rest and preparation mm-hmm. for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. you think Jacksonville would try to do the same thing, just to make it an even play field. I'll tell you one more name. As I was looking at all these guys, Pierre, that, that I'm going, okay, if it is Beathard, you know, if they are sitting their starters, if they let them start and then play a quarter and then sit them down, I, who knows what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be ridiculous, too. Uh, I, you, you mentioned Hasty, and I think that that's a good name. I also think about Jamal Agnew, and then I'll think about Dan Arnold, too. I, I'm yeah. sorry, Dan, you know, Dan Arnold's in there. He's a blocking guy, and he's uh, that little guy. 2,500 is just taking a, a – Against this Houston Texas defense, I'm like, okay, somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to score. <laughs> I mean, it could be the Houston Texas defense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if all those guys are out, they're only 2,500. They've been pretty solid these last few weeks. They got 17 against the Titans, uh, five, seven, eight, seven. You take that for for 2,500. So versus trying to force in, you know, a, a cheap Jaguar, and you don't know how that game's going to play out. You might just go mm-hmm. Texas D and, and hope that the starters get pulled early. Okay, so dart throw in that game. If you want a dart throw, there's probably plenty, plenty of cheap options there. Denver at Kansas City. This one's at 45. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> I love the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs defense, Pierre. I don't care what their price is. I don't care. I 3,800. Give me, give me all the KC defense I can get this game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, Pierre. So <laughs> they fire their coach in Denver. Hackett's gone. They're... Their, their one good game here recently has been against the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs still put up 15 from a defensive standpoint, but the Broncos came back and scored, what, 28 late. I, I, the, the receivers 
have done really well against the Chiefs in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have a, a healthy, you know, Judy, healthy Corden Sutton. So you can still play the Chiefs. Uh, it's just at 3,800. That's a pretty big price in hopes that the Broncos don't rally with their coach now gone. I think it's Russell Wilson. I don't think it's Nathaniel Hackett, but I also don't think Nathaniel Hackett was a great coach either. Um, but that's what you got to worry about. Kind of similar to the Colts earlier when they, they got rid of Frank Wright that very next game. They went out to, to Las Vegas and beat the Raiders. Yeah, they haven't won since, but the, the team kind of rallied around that new voice in the locker room. So you could see that type of situation happen here to where they give the Chiefs, you know, uh, a headache here in a game where the spread's 12 and a half at Kansas City. Everybody's going to want the, the Chiefs and, and play that. And whenever that happens, we, we know how the NFL works. It's going to be a closer game than expected, uh, either from a shootout standpoint or from a, a grinded out standpoint. In addition to the Broncos just getting embarrassed by the Rams, 51-14 on Christmas Day, standalone game. So this just feels like a, a trap game to the point that Denver kind of shows up uh, and gives Kansas City some competition here. Yeah, and I like what you said there, that it seems to be more Russ than it was Hackett, but I think it was Hackett and Russ at this point mm-hmm. in that Denver locker room that people don't want there. It's just what it looks like, and I, I'll take you back to the meme where Melvin Gordon was looking. <laughs> <laughs> that was something. Uh, and I, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's hard to get the feel for that, and I don't know that we're going to ever get the truth, especially with Condoleezza Rice at the, at the, at the helm of that. There you <laughs> go. The, the coaching search now. Yeah, Kendrick Mahomes always seems bulletproof. I think it could be bulletproof in this matchup as well. I know he's 8,500, but I could see them having a nice little day uh, against the Denver Broncos at home. I could see him and Kelsey, you know, just just ringing out the new year kind of a thing. And I, I, I like them both this game. Yeah, you can always play Mahomes. You usually win with Kelsey. He's the only safe one. Uh, I do think McKinnon's still, still a thing. He's mm-hmm. still in play. Found the end zone again last week. Had a really big game uh, against the Broncos just a few weeks ago where he put up 35.4 fantasy points. So it can go right back to McKinnon. Receivers, it's tough. I think Juju's the one you want, but he's so inconsistent. You don't know if he's going to see 10 to 11 targets or if he's going to see three or four targets. So if you do go Mahomes, I would just stick with McKinnon and Kelsey to be safe. I would, too. I think Juju is more of a if, – if if they're in a shootout game, that's mm-hmm. when Juju comes to play. You know, I, not that he doesn't come to play then, but that's when they utilize him the most as a wide receiver. When it's a grind him out, pound him out, blow out kind of a game or something like that, Juju's just not – he just doesn't see the targets. I released Juju in one of my redraft leagues hoping somebody else will pick – my opponent will pick him up this week. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't happen yet. It didn't happen yet. Uh, Running backs, I don't I don't know that we want to trust anybody from Denver. I know Latavius Murray seems to be the guy getting it all there, but it's just, you know, I just can't trust anybody on that offense, not named Jerry Judy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I could trust Sutton a little bit. Um, I think Judy is the, the top receiver there, but you do save about 1300 going down to Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. I, I agree. Don't touch the running back because they're probably going to be trailing in this game, uh, so they're not going to be running the ball too much. If there is a pass catcher, maybe a, a Mac or a Chase Edmonds, if you feel like one of those are going to definitely get the passing game work. But I think that's just too big of a, a toss-up, and there's better spots elsewhere that you can go at running back. If 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 McKinnon is highly rostered, okay, I want to take a shot on Pacheco. Because if this game turns into a blowout, mm-hmm. if Denver doesn't show up, if Denver doesn't get on the plane, if they're done with their season, Pacheco could get a ton of carries. And we saw last week what Akins did against them, or Akers did against them last week. And I, I really think this could be a Pacheco week, 5,600. I think he could get to that 15, uh, 15 points that we'd like him to be get. 
I agree. I agree. Uh, at some point, he's going to start getting in the end zone. He runs hard. Like You watch mm-hmm. the game. He runs so hard. He's he's going to save you 400 from McKinnon as well. And that's what you hope. You hope that it's not a, a Mahomes pass or Mahomes doesn't scramble to run it in like he tends to do at times. You will need Pacheco to, to get the rushing touchdowns. And even if he gets one, like he's getting 50 to 80 yards a game. So one touchdown added to that is going to get him right around you know, that three times that you need. So, yeah, it could definitely be a Pacheco game, depending on the game script. And I wouldn't mind stacking it up with Adolchich if 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 I had to find somebody, as long as he was healthy uh, going into this week. 4K, I think he had eight targets last week, something like that. So it doesn't seem like a terribly bad option. Yeah, I mean, Dolchich is fine. It's going to be pass catchers who you want on Denver because they're going to be playing catch-up. Yeah. So be it Dolchich, be it Sutton, be it Judy, you want one of those three if you're going to have a bring back with the, the Chiefs themselves. I wouldn't stack Denver. Uh, no. It would have worked out their first game, but I wouldn't do that on the road here now. It'd be hard to. Uh, $2,200 for Denver's defense. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But, I mean, they were the highest price on Christmas Day. Yeah. I think they're like 3900 <laughs> and they were in the negative. So that didn't work out too well. <laughs> they, they dropped fast. They dropped fast. Uh, next game, we have Miami at New England. Some quarterback controversies, of course, any time. Any time you have Mac Jones back there, it seems like a controversy right now. You don't know if he's <laughs> playing, if he's starting. If it's only going to be half, if they're going to put Zappy in there or whatever. But we do know Tua has got an in protocol again doesn't look like he's going to play i think teddy bridgewater's already been named the starter he's at 5k this year or this week pierre and you know new england's defense isn't what it used to be but they still seem good enough at home to be able to put some ice into teddy bridgewater's veins yeah this is one of the defenses i was referring to i said there's two that folks will probably flock to i think one's going to be new england uh only 2600 again no tua he's been ruled out teddy's going to start and you just look at New England's defense throughout the, the year. They've been five-plus points basically all but a couple games. Uh, so that's just a safe floor from a New England defensive standpoint. They also have upside. Like the last three games, they've had 11-plus points by their defense themselves. You look at what five out of the last seven, uh, they've had 11-plus points. So that's what you want from a defense. You know, you want to be able to have a defense that can maybe get you, you know, some double-digit type games get a couple pick sixes, get sacks, interceptions. Uh, given the fact that Miami's best weapons are pass catchers, uh, obviously in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you got to feel they're going to try to to pass the ball still because uh, that's their best way of winning. And with that becomes opportunities. So the, the Patriots should have some opportunity at home uh, and probably some frigid air in Foxborough there against the Dolphins. I do like New England quite a bit at 2,600. Yeah, but Teddy wears two gloves, so it, uh, the other frigid air does not bother him at all. Mac Jones, if we're looking to play him, he's only at 5K. He's always down there at the bottom for good reason, for good reason, okay, from a DraftKings perspective. He hit 17, 18 DraftKings points last week, which means he did play off three times the value. His price didn't go up any. Pierre, a Miami Dolphins defense, a Miami Dolphins team without Tua Tagovailoa. It doesn't seem like a terrible option for a Mac Jones and maybe pair him up with that Jacoby Myers like we've always talked about being a little bit underpriced. I know he hit 20 DraftKings points last week, but that touchdown mm-hmm. was kind of lucky. A, a Jacoby, Ramondre, a Mac Jones stack is in play maybe? I mean, it can be. Uh, it's tough to, to play Mac Jones, though. Again, because what you want is upside. You want upside yeah. from your, your quarterback. And, yeah, he's gotten there. You know, 25-plus last couple years, he's done it roughly three times. So he's capable. 
but that's not really how their offense is built. Like this, this isn't McDaniel's playing the running the plays anymore. You're at Patricia, you know, now being a play caller. I think they would prefer to run the ball uh, with Ramondre. That's what they try to do first. Um, but I do like Myers. He's always seems to be the the top target at at five k. Uh, if Devontae Parker's out again, Kendrick Bourne, 3,500. Found a guy out of the doghouse, caught six for 100 in a touchdown. Uh, last week, while everyone was on kind of Tyquan Thornton, uh, it was Kendrick Bourne that kind of reaped the benefits there. So, yeah, I mean, you can do it. I just – I would probably do a, a skinny stack type of thing with this game if you're going to play offensive players. Go Tyreek or go Waddle and then bring it back with one of Myers or Madre and go that route versus stacking it up with Mac Jones and – hoping he has a game that really isn't his norm. Maybe a Tyreek, a Waddle, uh, and and then a Ramondre and a New England defense. How about that? There you huh? go. Yeah. That could be all right. Uh, I got to say, Mike Gisecki, whenever I talk about Teddy Bridgewater, just because we know that Tua doesn't throw to Gisecki. It's just not going to happen. Mm. But maybe that game plan changes a little bit. And I think that with Teddy Bridgewater, though, Tyreek and Jalen both had a lot of targets last time. But Gisecki... I don't know. Whatever I think about Teddy Bridgewater, I just think of him throwing in a little bit shorter area. And so that might be Mike Gusecki. Yes, no? I mean, Gusecki just hasn't gotten the, the volume that I think he should have. Like, I've always felt he's a good tight end. I even liked him at, at Penn State, but he's not He's not even on the field. Like, Jordan Smythe has been averaging more snaps than, than Gusecki. I don't, I don't get what they're doing. I don't know why they tagged him if they weren't going to to use him. I feel like he probably wants out. Um, yeah, he'll have a couple spot games here or there where he does well, but he played 24% of the snaps uh, week 16, 20% of the snaps week 15, 39% week 14, 20% week 13. He's just not on the field. They're not using him and utilizing him, so it's hard to, to kind of have a spot, like he kind of mentioned earlier with Dorch, where you could just get a zero. Even at tight end, it's hard to take that. And given Gusecki's volatility at that position to pay 3300 when you can have a couple of safer plays around him, I just don't think you can do that. In week four, boy, I just clicked off it too. I thought you, I thought you had another minute in you right there, Pierre. Uh, <laughs> in week number four, whenever he played with Teddy Bridgewater, when Teddy Bridgewater was starting as well, he had four targets. Week seven, uh, but that was against Minnesota. Now, so we're gonna take this with a little grain of salt because Minnesota's uh, defense is just so atrocious, yeah. right? Uh, he had, he had, what did he have? Uh, let's see. I just clicked off and uh, I had it in my six had, for 69 and two touchdowns, right? There you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's it. So that was with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, too. But it was Minnesota a little bit more. So it's just something to think about there. 3,300, pretty cheap dart throw for my, uh, Mike. Yeah, Minnesota Tuseki. was also a revenge game for, for Teddy. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that might do. Yeah, so there's right there. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, Indianapolis at the New York Giants. New York Giants uh, have got everything to play for. <laughs> Look, you just want me to talk about the Giants. We don't need to talk about Indianapolis. This game. Total is 38 and a half. New York Giants have, are slated for 38 points. The Indianapolis Colts are slated for a half a point this game, Pierre. So <laughs> that might, might take the might take the under there. <laughs> uh, New York Giants do have a lot to play for in this game. I think if they win, they clinch a playoff berth. So mm-hmm. it looks like they'll be giving full throttled effort in this one. And against the Indianapolis defense or against Indianapolis Colts at all, I love to 
I went after every single giant in redraft that I could find just about, you know, just a little, little you know, <laughs> I, I did because I'm going to stack these guys up. I think they're going to be put in position to score. I don't mind putting any of these giants in a stack at all, Pierre, uh, especially Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley. And from a wide receiver standpoint, I think that third person might be your guy Hodgins this week. I've tried to tell you for, for weeks about Hodgins, like De- Brian DeBoe knew him. Like he came over from Buffalo. So I felt like, once, once you saw Galladay become dirt and toast, you, you had Steph, you had Sterling Shepard get hurt, Wanda Robinson get hurt, even Colin Johnson, who showed some signs, get hurt. When they brought in Hodgins, he just felt like the the most obvious play, just because he would know Brian DeBoe and what he did from his Buffalo days. And once he got comfortable, like he didn't start the year, you know, with the the Giants, he came in, I believe, around week ten, week nine. I think uh, was his home. first yeah. with the with the Giants. So now you've seen three out of the last four, 15 plus. You would definitely take that for 4,500. Uh, seems like he's been one of the the favorite targets. Daniel Jones saw 11 uh, targets last week. Slayton, he's still gonna be in play. He came down a few hundred, but he's kind of their deep ball guy uh, when it comes to Slayton. Then Richie James gets some of the dump offs, uh, so he's safe as well. And obviously Saquon, Saquon. Uh, AK, the coats are getting torched by everybody. So all of the Giants are in play here. Okay. Uh, I worry about the, the coat weather, uh, but I do think the coats have given up. So if you want to go Jones with a Barkley, with a, maybe Onslaught, go Jones, Barkley, Hodgins, <laughs> and Richie James. Don't bring it back with any coats. That's not necessary at all. So it can it can pay off. We just saw it with the Chargers. You saw Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and the Chargers defense all have a, a good game there. So. If Nick Foles was 5K, would you start him this week? No, he, he could be four, free. I wouldn't play four, Nick Foles. I was going to go to 4-3-2. No, there's no point. Like I, I actually I actually thought he might be better <laughs> than Matt Ryan just because Matt Ryan's been so bad. And in that game, like by halftime, I had seen enough. Like I had a tweet like from weeks ago saying, I just want to see Nick Foles for one half just to see what he does. By halftime, I had seen enough. I was like, it's over. I had seen enough. Maybe it been the first quarter. I had seen enough. So I just attempts. want this season to end. 29 attempts, and he had three less than three DraftKings points. It was unreal. Three Tough interceptions to, in, like, the first half. It was, it was awful. Tough to do. Sack Moss. I mean, uh, nobody from no, the Colts. No, no Colts. Not, not even – I mean, Pittman was Giants there. Defense. No Colts. Move it on. Okay. Yes, New 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 Orleans at Philadelphia. I know that the rumor is Jalen Hurts is coming back. He's coming. I already know way he's coming back. Why would you bring him back? I'm not saying it's a meaningless game, but you could beat uh, the New Orleans Saints with a Gardner Minshew back there. I, if Gardner Minshew is back there, Pierre, I'm taking I'm taking Hurts out of the equation. I think that's Coach Smoke. I don't see why they would put him in there at all. I just don't understand. Other than the MVP thing. Is why I think you would do it, but I don't think you have. I don't think Jalen Hurts has to play the last two games to win MVP. I don't think it. I don't think it solidifies him. I don't think it hurts him. I don't think it helps him because it's either Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Jalen Hurts in my book. It's it's one of those three, and it, it shouldn't be any of those three. But that's who it'll be. It'll be who, one of those three. Who you think's MVP? It's Justin Jefferson. Oh, he's he needs been, somebody to throw him the ball though. It doesn't matter. Like, look who's throwing him the ball. He's making him look like an MVP candidate. Like. That's how good Justin Jefferson's been. Like, just look at his numbers, his stats. He's just broke the Vikings record. He's he's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's receiving record this year. Re- receivers don't win it, obviously, but when you look at the Vikings, they're a number two team in the NFC. Uh, he's made Kirk Cousins look decent even in prime time. It's it's Justin Jefferson. 
Um, not even from like a fantasy standpoint, just in general, he's been that good. But he he won't win. It'll be Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts. I think it's Mahomes or Hurts is who it's going to come down to. I don't even think Josh Allen will be in it because of some of his numbers that went down with his elbow uh, type of situation. But you look at Mahomes without Tyreek, uh, and then obviously the the year Hurts had had, it'll be one of those two. Okay. Uh, if Gardner Minshew is the quarterback at fifty five at fifty five hundred, he sure did you know miss a beat. He looked like he was doing just fine back there, and it looks like we could stack him up with an AJ Brown and a, and a Smith if we wanted to, especially a Smith. I, I like to save him that eight hundred bucks and going down to Devontae Smith. Yeah, even Goddard. Um, he he looked at Goddard quite a bit. Who mm-hmm. came back? So yeah, Minshew would definitely be in play. They're also still playing for the the overall number one seed. I do agree that they can probably beat the Saints without Hurts, but I think they want to get that locked up uh, to where they don't have to worry about it because the Vikings are, are right there on their tail. They want to play in front of their Philly fans, so that's probably the only reason they're they're thinking about bringing him back, in addition to him being a competitor, which you should know from his Bama days. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, he definitely is that. But at the same time, you just you got to bubble. Yeah, look at the big picture. They have got a great opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year, and and let's face it, Minnesota's playing at Green Bay this week. That doesn't bode well for Green Minnesota and uh, the Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jay, uh, who, what are we doing with quarterback for our, the Saints? I just I, I'm looking at it and I'm going, wait a minute, Jameis Winston is priced higher than Andy Dalton. How is that possible? I don't know what's happening there. Um, what is going on? Taysom Hill. Taysom's up there high. too. I know last week, like <laughs> we talked about Taysom last week, and I mean he was just fine you know, at 11, you know, for his price. Yeah. Another touchdown, he had been really in play, but. You see the the rumors with the Saints? Have you seen what they're they're no. saying is going to happen? So the rumor right now is that John Payton's actually coming back there. Wow. Um, and that's where Tom Brady's ending up. Oh. And he's bringing Gronk with him. Um, again, it's just rumors right now. But that's kind of what's spreading. As obviously, Sean Payton's ready to coach. They said he has Vic Fangio lined up as his defensive coordinator oh for his next destination. Uh, but I think it started to surface last night that it's potentially Tom Brady's a free agent. He's going to end up uh, with the Saints indoors. Uh, obviously, Kamara, healthy Michael Thomas, Sean Payton as his coordinator, getting Gronk back. We'll, we'll see, but uh, that's kind of where the Saints are uh, right now. They don't have their own first-round pick. Uh, that belongs to the Eagles, uh, so they don't have their pick either. So, yeah, they're, they're going to need something to, to happen in the offseason off uh, in order to be relevant or get themselves a, a quarterback since they – they don't want to turn to, to Jameis for whatever reason. He's been healthy for a few weeks, uh, and they still haven't gone back to him. I think he's better than Dalton, but there's something I feel like in the works there in New Orleans personally. Oh, that, that's a one-year suspension for maybe he was gambling like Michael Jordan was doing. <laughs> huh? Hey, a running back room, I know you like Kamara every single week. Shame on you, Pierre. Okay. I know. <laughs> I dare I. Yeah, well, no, you know, and he gets 20 attempts, even in Cleveland, in the weather. He ends up with 20 DraftKings points. But at 7K, he just has not gotten there. We we got to turn yeah, from somebody else right. other than there. Okay, all right, and especially against that Philadelphia defense. Sanders looks appealing to me whenever I think about Minshew being back there at quarterback because it just seems like he gets a lot of attempts, 21 attempts last week, uh, not only one target. But against this New Orleans Saints defense that doesn't seem to have given up yet, I, I don't mm-hmm. like that Miles Sanders pick this week yeah it's tough uh, if it is Minshew then I mean it helps a little bit because you don't necessarily get as much vulturing even though they still ran that quarterback sneak that's apparently unstoppable at the goal line with Minshew uh, you're going to see more attempts from Sanders with Minshew in there 
if Hurts is back, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to Sanders either because the Saints defense is still pretty solid up front. Okay. And as you mentioned, they're still in that race themselves for the NFC South. What about what? And I know I hate to even say this name, David Johnson, though. No. You know, we got we got seven attempts from him, one target last week, only three and a half DraftKings points. But at forty one hundred, the usage kind of seems there. The name is big name. And, I, you know, I just I'm saying it with gritted teeth. I don't want to. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, are we running it back with an Alave if he's healthy or a Shahid if he's healthy? Yeah. It's so tough because the, the Eagles secondary is really good. Uh, with Slay on one side, and they got Brad Bear on the other. Yeah, it would be a live A if you wanted one. Um, Shahid's going to get you some some cheap touches. So okay. Shahid would probably be the cheap one. I'd probably just take the the dart with Shahid or maybe even turn to one of the tight ends and hope one of they get in the end zone, probably Jawan Johnson. But I, I, I'm perfectly fine going Eagle stack with no bring back. Okay, all right. We'll do that then. That sounds like a plan. Carolina at Tampa Bay, Pierre. This one's for all the marbles. It really feels like it is. You know, I don't know if it is. I, mathematically, I have no idea. But this point total is only 40 and a half. 40 and a half, which tells me that Vegas is thinking of that Carolina is going to be really formidable in this game, which they should. You know, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they should be because Tampa Bay really hasn't proven anything. We talked about their offensive skills earlier in this podcast a little bit. <laughs> We always want to say, okay, this is where Tom Brady gets right. This is where Tom Brady gets right. But it doesn't feel like a get-right spot against this Carolina Panther defense at all. No, he's not getting right. Okay. Gonna, they're, they're fighting to the end. And, again, there's a three-team race here. You got the, the Bucks right now up top at 7-8. and eight, But the Panthers are right behind them at 6-9. and nine, The Saints are right there at 6-9, too. So both a game back with two to play. If uh, Carolina can knock off Tampa – it's going to get really interesting because that'll put them both uh, even at seven and nine records. Uh, if the Saints somehow beat the the Eagles, it could be three teams at seven and nine going into the final week. So that's some NFL drama for you there. Uh, if the Bucks do win this game, they they might get some separation. Uh, if the Eagles knock off the Saints as well, but uh, it's going to be tough. Steve Wilkes has the Panthers playing really hard, really well. Tampa can't seem to get into the end zone. They're they're settling for field goals all the time. I uh, mentioned that Leftwich is probably going to be out at the end of the year uh, there for the, the Buccaneers. But, yeah, this is a, a really big game for both teams. Uh, Steve Wilkes is kind of fighting for a permanent job. Right now he's mm-hmm. just the interim, uh, but the guys are really routed behind him. Sam Darnold, you know, he's fighting for his career. So there's there's guys playing for something uh, in this game, and I'm I'm kind of pulling for, for Carolina to, to do well and find some success here. So would you put a Darnold stack together then with a, a DJ Moore and maybe try to run it back with a Godwin? I'm, I'm going to take Mike Evans off the board. I'm going to ta- I'm just going to take Mike <laughs> Evans off the board. Something's, something's missing. I'd rather put a Russell Gage in there even than a Mike Evans at 3,800. Gage is seeing some of them targets, man. He's yeah. he's very active in there. I, I think if he wouldn't have gotten hurt last game a little bit, you know, banged up towards the third, fourth quarter, whenever that was, his target share would have went up a little bit more than just six last week. I think he would have ended up with eight, maybe nine, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, I like I like Gage quite a bit. Um, Thirty eight hundred. Basically, him and Godwin have been the ones seeing targets. They do tend to to throw it to Julio down in the red zone a bit, uh, but he just doesn't seem the volume that those other two are seeing. Uh, Mike Evans, he's been missed on so many deep shots. I don't know if it's Brady's accuracy or just there not communicating well, but. He's due to, to catch one, but you just can't take the risk at that boom bust. So Godwin Gage with Brady. Uh, with Darnold, yeah, it's really only DJ Moore, uh, okay. unless you want to maybe get cute with like a Chuba Hubbard who can catch it. 
uh, out of the backfield. But other than that, I probably wouldn't stack this game, but there are a couple one-offs that I think he can play that we just mentioned. Well, out of the running backs, because there's a lot of uh, nice-looking running backs in this game, Foreman, Fournette, White, Hubbard, as a one-off in another in another one, because I don't think we could play them all in the same one, even though I, I stacked Fournette and White in a couple of <laughs> leagues last year. It worked out pretty well. Uh, who would you rather play out of this as a one-off in, the, in this matchup? Uh, either Fournette or, or Hubbard. Okay. I, I would lean Fournette just because Tampa's at home. We know Brady's going to dump the ball off, so I like his his catching volume a little bit more. And that's why I like Hubbard as well. If Carolina gets behind, uh, he's going to be on the field more than, you know, a Foreman or even a Blackshear. So it would go Fournette, then Hubbard for me if it was a one-off. Cleveland at Washington. This game total is at 40-and-a-half, Pierre. It, I, I can say what I want about Deshaun Watson and how last week was a snow game, but he didn't look terrible in the snow game last week. It looks like things are coming together. And at 5,800, that seems like a pretty, pretty good price against this Washington football team, especially if I look at Amari Cooper as being 5,800. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, 4,700. That's an easy stack, man. Yeah, it's going to take time. Like, he hasn't played football in two years. <laughs> so keep that in mind with, with Watson. Uh, he's going to get better as the as he gets more comfortable just being back on the field, being in this Kevin Stefanski offense. So I, I don't mind him at, at 58. Um, again, he has a pretty clear target tree with Cooper, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Njoku. Uh, I do feel like you probably would go DPJ, 4,700, save you some salary. He's getting a lot of the deeper balls, and I know they want to take deep shots. Uh, Cooper's clearly the best option, and he's at a good price himself at 5,800. So, yeah, you could you could try to get a little bit cute here. The 40.5 is going to scare people uh, with that that total, that over-under. But, yeah, you could do that with the Browns. Uh, run it back with – Wentz is back. So that's going to be the the interesting mm-hmm. part with the Commanders because he, he really leaned on Dotson and Samuel early in the year. He mm-hmm. wasn't a, a Terry McLaurin – Person He didn't target McLaurin quite a bit, uh, but you look at Dobson and Samuel down at 46 and 4,400, uh, that would probably be who I would lean uh, with the commander side of the ball with Wentz here. Yeah, Curtis Samuel earlier in the year, you know, weeks one through three anyway, but we could go all the way up to five, really. 11 targets, nine targets, 10 targets, seven targets, eight targets. You know, that that was put up a lot of fantasy points. And remember, in weeks one and two, as far as DraftKings purposes goes, he gave us 20 DraftKings points and 23 DraftKings points. And his price is down there at mm-hmm. 4,400. I could think of worse start throws than Curtis Samuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I like Wentz now that we're talking about it. So 5,100 for Carson Wentz is pretty Pretty good price. He's he's gotten this year what the commanders alone. He's got three games over twenty five points uh, against Jacksonville, Detroit, and Tennessee. Uh, they're they're fighting for the, a wild card spot themselves. So you could go him with Samuel, like you mentioned, with Dotson. Then bring it back with a Cooper or a DPJ if you weren't comfortable with with Watson, mm. and that gets you another a cheaper stack as well. So that, that's a way you can go. If you're willing to to take the chance on Wentz, which most people won't, people you know people don't like Carson Wentz for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, but he's going to be a gunslinger. He's going to try to throw the ball downfield, and so that's what you want. You want those guys that'll take some shots, and he's definitely one of them. 
And he's been healthy for a little while. I think they, you know, Taylor Heineke, they were riding the Taylor Heineke wave and it finally just ran out of steam. Week one, 33 DraftKings points, 32 DraftKings points for Carson Wentz. And then he ran into Philadelphia and Dallas. He got 10 DraftKings, a little bit less than 10 DraftKings points each one of those weeks against the Titans. He put up 26 and I think he got hurt in that Chicago game on a Thursday night and only gave you four. So it was really downhill after that. And that's when he got hurt and, and didn't play again until last week for one half, I think it was. And he gave you nine DraftKings points last week. So I like that, Pierre. I like that. Again, people it, aren't going to be able to stomach it, but he's capable of giving you the type of Sunday that you need to to take down a tournament. We got to say Brian Robinson Jr. as well. If, if mm-hmm. Gibson is hurt, especially uh, Brian Robinson Jr. at fifty two hundred, getting every single carry, everything. Uh, you know, he's a one off guy. If you build another stack and you can put a Brian Robinson Jr. in there at fifty two hundred, I think he can get you that fifteen twenty DraftKings points. He's gonna he's gonna be able to break some long runs this game. Yeah, and the Browns are one of the worst teams mm-hmm. on the ground. So, uh, and if Gibson plays, you know, you can go Gibson as well. They're at same price. Maybe he's going to be the the one getting dump offs uh, from Wentz, who I guess doesn't like to dump the ball off, but uh, he's able to to give you some of those upside type of games as well. Um, so yeah, you can go with either one of those running backs. I would lean Robinson, as you stated, and Wentz may even unlock Logan Thomas here at thirty one hundred a bit. When you look at, again, beginning of the year, you know, seven points, 12 points, he saw five, six targets. Uh, he was seeing, you know, five or six targets a little bit more uh, when Wentz was in there, and it went down to, you know, zero to three uh, once Heineke took over. Uh, so, again, just gives you options from a, a stacking standpoint if you want to go with Wentz and bring back someone on Cleveland. San Francisco at the Derek Carlos Las Vegas Raiders, we have found out now. 43 points is this game total. It'll probably go uh, down, maybe from there, maybe up. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what they think. But it has turned into a Brock Purdy game for me now again, especially with Derek Carr being on the bench. It just seems like you're going to find more opportunities with Jared Stidham back there uh, against this San Francisco defense. That's not a great place to throw Stidham. You know, that's, that's kind of cruel. That's kind of, what did Stidham do wrong to deserve this, Pierre? Uh, to be to put it <laughs> It's the the San Francisco defense, so that gives me Brock Purdy a little bit more, and he's really been finding and unlocking a George Kittle again, who's become very fantasy relevant at fifty nine hundred for George Kittle, and he's giving you twenty five and then thirty three DraftKings points the last two weeks. Yeah, Kittle's been great with Purdy, and I think part of it's Debo. Like when you look at Kittle's history, he tends to to take another part of the offense. They don't use him as a blocker as much uh, when Debo's down. Uh, but as we kind of talk about with younger quarterbacks, they tend to really lean on their their tight ends and just what they see over the middle of the field. Uh, and that's going to be Kittle. We've seen the, the back-to-back boom weeks with 25 and 33. Uh, again, it's going to get ugly with the Raiders. The, the Niners defense is the other one I was referring to. I like them even, you know, with Carr in play. So it's Stidham. I still like them quite a bit. 2900 is one of the cheaper prices you're going to get on the 49ers defense. Uh, who has really just been good all year. Nick Bosa probably be the defensive player of the year um, and MVP on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so I do like that. I do like Purdy. Good price, uh, 5500 He just mm-hmm. does just enough. You know, he's going to get you 15 to 20 points, it seems like, in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, you're going to take that for 5500 So he's not priced out of a range. You mentioned Kittle. He's easy to stack with Kittle. Um, McCaffrey's going to grade out really well. Uh, at 9K against the Raiders defense. Um, I do see he just went questionable. Uh, I'm not sure if something happened at practice. He wasn't questionable when we started the show. Uh, He's showing questionable for me now, he being Christian McCaffrey. Uh, So kind of monitor what happened there with his situation, but I like him as well. And 
I don't know how you can bring someone back uh, with the unknowns <laughs> on the Raiders here. Uh, I would say Josh Jacobs at, at 7,400, good price. They'll probably run the ball a bit more uh, without Derek Carr, but I just don't yeah. know what you can trust there. Yeah, not a, not from a DraftKings perspective. You know, I mean, if yeah. he's in your redraft, and maybe you have to put him in there because it's Josh Jacobs, third running, third best running back in the league as far as fantasy purposes go right now. You got, you got to stick with him. I can't imagine not putting Josh Jacobs in there. But at the same time, <laughs> I've, I've done crazier things. You got to do what you got to do. Championship week, man. You got you got, you got yeah, to go with your yeah. gut. You know, no regrets, no regrets. Go with who got you there, I guess. But it's it's still tough again against the 49ers defense, especially if they know. <laughs> Instead of not gonna throw the ball now, yeah. it could I, it could close things up for 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 Jacobs. But you still gotta run him out because he's he again he's who got you there, so you can't risk not having him. And you do see good players have good games against good defenses. Sometimes offense do win those matchups, so you can't bench Jacobs given that situation. Oh, it's gonna be a Keelan Cole week, isn't it? I mean, it's just going to be a Keelan Cole week. Yeah, Hunter Renfro in the slot. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see. All right. I mean, you got the. We just talked about quarterback on the other end. How they lean on tight ends with Kittle. Uh, perhaps it's a Waller week uh, with, with Stedham leading on Waller there at, at forty three hundred. A low price for him, and he's capable of having big games as we've seen in the past. Uh, sometimes fantasy hurts my brain, Pierre, here on the DFS Dreamer podcast. We're going to move on, okay? And I got a question because <laughs> it involves all these guys right here. Three quarterbacks that we just talked about, Purdy, Mike White, and Geno Smith. Yeah. Break those three quarterbacks for redraft purposes this week. Um, Mike White, Purdy, then Geno. Why is that? I, I think Mike White's just going to – Air it out. Uh, for one, Seattle's defense hasn't been great uh, against the run or the pass. So I like his situation. I like his pass catchers. Uh, you got Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is back healthy. Uh, Elijah Moore, he was able to get him involved. Uh, Seattle also struggles against the tight end. You got Conklin and Ozuma all coming into play. So, uh, again, they're fighting for, you know, a wild card berth themselves with the Jets. Uh Zach Wilson's done. He's he's over. So this is kind of Mike White's audition for next year as well. So I just think that, you know, he's going to be trying to, to air it out. I think this game's going to stay closer uh, than the, the Raider and 49er game as well. So when you look at the, the Niners being favored by 10 points, they get out early in front of that. They're not going to lean on Purdy. They're just going to run the ball. And probably not even with McCaffrey, with like a Jordan Mason or a, mm-hmm. a, a Price or something along those lines. Whereas a two-point spread uh, there in Seattle – this could be kind of a shootout type of potential because, you know, Geno's going to throw the ball. He could be getting Tyler Lockett back. He already has DK Metcalf. Uh, and so if that's the case, you want a team that's going to have to throw it, have to force it down the field. I feel like that's the Jets situation. I like the Jets defense and their corners and like Sauce Gardner better. Uh, so that's why I'm not as high on Geno this week. Uh, so give me Mike White, then Purdy, then Geno for those reasons. I, in my redraft league, I ended up, uh, I started out the year, I think, 0-4 or 0-5, something like that, okay? In my redraft yeah. home league. In my home league. In my home league. At at the same time, when I drafted everybody, I'm going looking at my draft after I was said and done, I said, I don't recognize any of these people. You know, that's what I did. I just, I was like, okay, I don't <laughs> even know who these I haven't drafted any of these people in any of my other leagues. What am I doing drafting these guys in my home league? And my home league's my last draft and everything, too. So I wonder if I, you know, subconsciously I'm just like, eh, I'll just get this guy or eh, I'll just get that guy. You know, I just kind of go through 0 oh, 4, 0 oh, 5. I can't remember exactly. Then I won a game. I ended up 1 and 6. 
one in six in my redraft home league. I'm in the championship game, baby. And I was led by, nice. it, yeah, yeah. I was led by, um, who was I led by? Oh, I was uh, Matt Ryan. That's the league. I, I was led by Matt Ryan. And then last week I was led by Geno Smith at quarterback. And so going into this week, I'm going, I don't trust Geno at all anymore. I, don't, <laughs> I had Mike White injured on the bench and I picked up Brock Purdy and I dropped Geno Smith. So I was glad to hear you say White, Purdy, and then Smith, because those are really my three options. And I went ahead and dropped Geno Smith, hoping somebody else would get that headache uh, this week. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, from a DraftKings perspective, though, this mm-hmm. game, you said is a potential shootout. I agree with you, but I don't like Geno Smith in this matchup against those New York Jets who are playing for a lot. I know they're on the road. They're going across the country and everything. But, man, that defense is playing for a lot. And I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air to have Mike White back there at quarterback for him again. Yeah, and uh, but that's the thing. Like, so if the Jets get out, you're gonna want you're gonna want to throw the ball to, to catch up. And they have two two ceiling type of receivers in, in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. If he's back, mm-hmm. uh, that that he'll be forcing the ball to to to, to kind of get them involved. I'd probably go Lockett. I think he would avoid uh, Sauce Gardner on the outside a bit more uh, in the slot, et cetera. So Lockett would be who I lean if he's back from that finger surgery. I think he was only supposed to miss a week, so he, he should be in play. The thing with the Jets is that you want to play Garrett Wilson. Like, 5,500 is way too cheap for, for yeah. Garrett Wilson, even more so with Mike White. Um, the, the Seahawks have not given up points to receivers, though. Yeah. Like, they give it up out of the slot, but even so, it's been to tight ends. So uh, if I would play a pass catcher, I think I'd go Conklin. Wow. This week at, at 2900 to to kind of save some salary and get off of Garrett Wilson, which I know is dangerous because he's he's a good player. But we just saw, you know, the Chiefs like it wasn't Juju. It was more McKinnon on the ground than Kelsey, the tight end, you know, there in the slot. So it's just tough to it's tough to play receivers against Seattle, even though they're really cheap, like 55 for Wilson, 3700 for Davis, 35 for Elijah Moore. Um, but we saw a similar thing like against the the Lions. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Amon Ra. He didn't go nuts. You look at the Bills, like uh, Diggs didn't go didn't go crazy in that game. Justin Jefferson's Justin Jefferson, obviously. But even in that game against the the Jets, like it was like he got 18 points, like seven catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. That's not a Justin Jefferson type game. So it's tough when it comes to the Seattle side. But Seattle also has not given up a lot of points in the air. So. I don't know. I don't know how you want to play that out um, unless it's the tight end, which is why I would go Conklin. Well, the way I think about it is kind of like a baseball field. And, you know, how they got the wall back there. And it seems like the secondary for Seattle is really good because I don't think they necessarily pressure the quarterback tremendously. But I think the secondary is good enough to be able to play off of what the defensive line does and how they might be able to pressure that quarterback a little bit. And so it looks like they have a strong outer shell here. Okay, a strong outer shell, but then their middle is weak. That's why they give up a lot of points to tight ends, and they also give up a bunch of points to running backs as well. So this looks like a Bam Knight game, maybe even a McCarter game, because Carter seems to be the guy that gets the targets in my head, but that's not necessarily true. Knight gets them too. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two, but how do you guess? That's why I'm leaning Conklin a bit, because there's no definite running back either. Even though I love Garrett Wilson's price, it's just tough. Uh, Kittle, he had a big game against San Francisco against Seattle, and it wasn't DJ Moore. So I don't, I don't know. It's tough. I, I think all three of the Carolinas backs scored in that Seattle yeah. game, or at least Blackshear and Hubbard did. So I'm just saying I would caution you on Garrett Wilson, even though he's going to probably grade out 
as the best receiver from his price standpoints, purse per dollar. Just know that Seattle's been really stingy uh, to the receivers themselves. They more give it up over the middle, mostly to tight ends and to running backs. You know, it sounds kind of like a fun stack. Okay, What's I'm going to throw, throw last week's game out of the equation because things just seemed weird in Kansas City for Seattle last week. They should have been able to throw the ball all over the place, and they just did not. All right? It was I'm cold, fun. man. People don't realize that like, cold weather, it's tough to throw a football in cold. I I think a fun little stack might be a Mike White or even a Geno Smith. Now that I'm, I'm talking myself into Geno now, uh, against, <laughs> with a Noah Fant and a Tyler Conklin. Maybe both of those guys, because Will Disley is on the IR now, which is going to open up some more targets for Noah Fant from the tight end perspective. And he he got us 10 DraftKings points last week. He did get a touchdown. Gotten to, uh, he's found the end zone three out of the last four weeks, Pierre, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Pretty good. And I think yeah. he got hurt in that Carolina game. So that's that's one of those things I'm looking at going, that's, that's, that's sneaky different. It is. And it's going to, again, you can, it's tough playing double tight end. I feel like the flex, you kind of limit yourself. From an upside standpoint, but they're going to get targets and it's going to open up things in other spots, which is what we want. Okay. All right. Uh, what else out of this uh, are we playing? we got to be able to play Kenneth Walker if we want to. He seems to be kind of bulletproof at this point. Uh, I guess. But they said he jammed his ankle again and just kind of played through it. Really? So, I mean, you got to hope that he stays in the game. But, yeah, if he's there, he's getting the volume where you can play him. Okay. All right, Minnesota at Green Bay. I look forward to this game. I know you do too, Pierre. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. If you're I, don't know. Be, I don't know if you're going to be driving back home from vacation at this time or not. So you got to listen to it on the radio. <laughs> I can answer what Michelle would be like. Don't, don't bring that up because I got in trouble. So I drove down here. Oh no! We left Christmas night, and I had the game on my phone, and it was playing through the the radio. Well, I had the actual game on my phone where my wife could have watched it, and she was not aware that it was on my phone. So she's just listening to it. And she didn't find out that it was actually playing like the video on my <laughs> phone until we got to the hotel. And I got the dirtiest look that you can get when you realize that she could have been watching it the whole time. She, I thought she knew. She did not know. So her ears go back. They kind of turn red when she gets a little upset with me. But yeah, we'll probably just stay here until Monday. So I don't I don't have to, to risk it again. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, brother. Any anytime you do something like that, or anything like you didn't do it, okay? Anytime like that happens, just just say West West dared me to do it. You know, just yeah, I'll yeah. Look, throw me under the bus. I would like to make it home you know, from this vacation. So <laughs> just blame me if you want to. Well, you can uh, Minnesota at Green Bay is 48 and a half points total on this one. And I'll tell you what I really like. I, okay. I, I did it last week, though. I played Aaron Rodgers and I got kind of disappointed because he just doesn't hit three times his value anymore. It seems like DraftKings prices him uh, according to his namesake and it just doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I don't mind an Aaron Rodgers in this one. And I'll tell you who I'm, I love a Romeo Dobbs. Okay. We're talking mm-hmm. about Minnesota's defense who just gives up 400 yards to everybody, right? And yes. quarterbacks can go crazy against them. Wide receivers. Receivers can go crazy against them. And if Christian Watson is not playing, that makes it really easy to go with a Lazard and a Dobbs stack. I mean, just really easy. Yeah, if Watson's out, that's that's for sure. I know he missed practice today as well. And this is a big game for the Packers. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're still in the playoff hunt. And I'm telling you, no one wants to play them. Like, I even – I have my in-laws down here. Brother-in-law's a Cowboys fan. And we were just talking like, last night. Like, he didn't want to play – the Packers, just because of that Aaron Rodgers aspect and just what he's capable of doing. And there's other teams in the NFL that do not want to see the Packers. But all they need, if they went out two games at home against the Vikings, against the Lions, if they went out and Washington loses one, uh, then the Packers are going to sneak into the playoffs. But 
this is the second highest total uh, on the slate, uh, other than the Detroit and Chicago. Uh, Forty-eight. We've we've seen these matchups. Uh, Vikings tend to do really well um, against the Packers defense. Justin Jefferson at ninety-five hundred, high price tag, but he's gotten thirty-plus points four out of the last five weeks. He's gotten in two out of his last three games against the Packers forty points. Uh, last year, week eleven, he had forty point two. Uh, a little bit of dud late in the season last year at Green Bay, but then week one this year, uh, 42.4. So Justin yeah. Jefferson has really exploded uh, against the Packers. You really want, you know, they want to knock out the Packers out of the playoffs. That's that's what the Vikings would like to do. Um, Green Bay, again, you mentioned the the way the Vikings defense plays. If they have Watson in. I think he played Christian Watson at 5,900. He's just so explosive. He can take anything to the house. If he's out, Alan Lazard, Romeo Dubs. I know it's Dobbs. I like to say Dubs just because it sounds cooler. Uh, even Randall Cobb, you know, he kind of gets some some targets down the end zone. They want to run the ball more, but they split so much with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that it's hard to, to find what they're going to do there. But if Aaron Jones misses – uh, A.J. Dillon at 5,800 will be probably one of the, the jam in type of plays without Aaron Jones just because they are running the ball so much. Uh, this is going to be a fun game, though, uh, just from a real-life football standpoint. That 48-point total in 30-degree weather in Green Bay is pretty intriguing. Uh, I have to expect that Vegas has done that for a reason, so expect some points to be scored here. You'll, you'll probably want a piece or two from this game. Okay, that's fine. We're just going to stack up all NFC North division games this round. Yeah, that's just, it. That's all you got to do. I mean, Play think the about that for a games and you're, you're rolling money. With <laughs> those four teams. Uh, if Aaron Jones doesn't play, like you said, A.J. Dillon seems like a shoe-in to play. And if Aaron Jones does play and he has that questionable tag on him all week long, it seems like one of those weeks where I want to play Aaron Jones because I know about this Minnesota Viking defense. And mm-hmm. if everybody's going to be off of him, it, it just in my head as a Bears fan, I'm like, every time Aaron Jones is hurt and he goes, ends up playing at the last minute or something like that, he always just runs all over us. You know, I don't know if those, <laughs> I don't know if those memories are right or if that's in my nightmares. But at 7,100, Aaron Jones seems like even if he's hurt, he can get there this game. I mean, he can. He he tends to play better at home as well, and he's the explosive one. So Dylan's like the the grind you out. He's the he's the thunder, and then Aaron Jones is the lightning, where he can hit a hole and, and take a couple to the house. It tends to happen against Detroit. Like if you watch his his game splits, like Detroit seems to be the team that he plays. So it might be one week early for Aaron Jones if they still have something to play for. Uh, it's probably him next week against the Lions, where he'll get you that. 30 to 40 point game that he tends to get every year. I'm going to put, uh, let me, let me hit play on my recorder here, Pierre. Uh-uh. You ready? Yeah, right, do it. Play. Pierre, TJ Hawkinson just doesn't seem to get there each and every week. You know, it seems like he just has those one a couple of weeks and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be this week. Uh, that's what I say every week about TJ. And he has the targets there each and every week, Pierre. And last week, if you didn't play him, you were really missing out. Uh, 50, his price went up to 5400 though, Pierre. It's not a TJ Hawkinson week again, is it? He's, he's one of those guys I can't get right. No, I wouldn't do it again. Like, you look at his 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 game logs. I, I don't like the game log watch, but that's kind of what he does. He'll have, like, one really solid big game, and then he'll, he'll go back to the normal. He just had that game. Uh, he had one even the, earlier this year while he was in Detroit. Against Seattle, again, tight ends uh, against the the Seattle Seahawks. He had 
eight for 179, two touchdowns. Uh, the weeks after that, he had 1.6, 8.811. So he just came off a 38.9 burger, 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. I expect him to kind of come back to earth here (laughs) these next few weeks. Last three weeks, nine DraftKings points, 11 DraftKings points, and 11 DraftKings points for the Green Bay Packer defense. Yes. They're only priced at 2,300 again this week, Pierre. This looks like one of those, uh, what, did we, what did we call it last week? I don't know, if the fixed <laughs> is it a setup or something like that. I mean, we were right the on the first Philadelphia play on Eagles. the Eagles, that first play, they got their little pick six off of that, and then the, the Cowboys went nuts after that. But they got yeah. their points. So they still got like 10, I think. So it could be a similar situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to pick the Green Bay Packer defense because it does seem like they're a shoe-in for the playoffs. And that's not because of them. It just feels like they want them in the playoffs. They want the Packers in the playoffs this year is what the NFL does. They've held, they've, they've kept both the Buccaneers and the Packers around. Okay. Yes, they did. Yeah. Right. Just look at the, how, yes, how they played. That's how they, that's how they've done it. But I do like this, this game. I, I think it'll, it'll be entertaining. Okay. Rams at the Chargers last game here, 40 and a half point total Pierre Won't keep you much longer after this one. Uh, can we trust the Los Angeles Rams again this week? A Tyler Higby at Baker Mayfield stack and at acres. <laughs> I mean, those are guys you want to play. I don't know if you okay. can trust it. I didn't trust it against Denver, but acres is big because the Chargers have struggled against the run. So I do still like acres at 6,100. Uh, you do want the, the Rams to, to kind of be in the game or, or, have a lead because McVay will throw the ball. Like he'll, he's a, he's a pretty arrogant offensive play caller. I feel <laughs> he's good, but I just think he's, he's arrogant. So if they get behind, he's going to try to outsmart uh, the room. If they're ahead, then you might see the actual touches that acres got against the Broncos with that big lead. Otherwise I think it gets a little shaky, but yeah, uh, they're in play just because that target tree is a, a lot smaller. I don't think the Chargers have a lot to play for, so that makes me hesitant on playing an Austin Eckler. But I, mm-hmm. I could go down then to a Joshua Kelly who seems to get all the work otherwise, uh, you know, other than him. And nine carries last week, a target last week. I only got five DraftKings points. But if Eckler's snaps are down and I just want to take a flyer on somebody, I think Kelly's my guy. Yeah, you could. Um, the, the Rams are a little banged up. So, like, obviously Aaron Donald shut down. So they don't have that line up front, um, either Kelly or Spiller. Could be in play, but the, the Chargers are still trying to trying to maneuver themselves for the wild card. I know they can't get up to the division themselves, but they could still get up to that five seed where they're playing either the Jaguars or the Texans um, instead of the Bengals or the Chiefs or the Bills. Uh, so that will be something to play for if you want to avoid those top three. Uh, you can do so by catching the Ravens, uh, who right now are at that five spot, um, and give yourself the, the AFC South winner. Uh, which should be an easier matchup than either the Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills. If you have any questions, direct them over to Pierre at PeeWee31 over on Twitter, or you can direct them to me over at FI Today with a little underscore there. There's the pin tweet for the Bayable Playoffs. Make sure you sign up for that. It's $20. $20 admission. You get to play against a whole lot of people. We're shooting for over 200 people, Pierre. That's what we're shooting for, 200 people or more, just to make li- Rob's life uh, a headache, okay, over the Bayable <laughs> Playoff time. That's what I'm trying to do. And uh, also, $10 of that goes into the prize pool, so you get a chance to win that weekly. And also, at the end of everything, you get a chance week they win that but also the other ten dollars goes into charity march of dimes and ashley's embrace so it's going towards a good cause as well and uh, make sure you join up that DraftKings contest which will be located under the dfs dreamer pin tweet over on my twitter handle at loafing it on twitter all right pierre build me a lineup my friend all right um who am i going with a quarterback 
oh, you wanted me to, I forget, we, we do that. Uh, I will say that at quarterback this week, I, I don't know, Pierre, that, that's a tough choice. <laughs> As I sit here and I look at all of them, because you know I like the bottom feet a little bit, mm-hmm. but Gardner Minshew. Eh, close. I'm in that range. It's Jared Goff. Okay. That's uh, who I'm leaning. I, like I do like Fields. Um, I might go Fields. I just worry that they won't play him all the way. But give me Goff. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift um, at one of the running back positions at 5,300. Uh, then, obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I feel like you have to have him with Goff. So, give me those two. I don't want to Bears bring back. The only one I would want is Fields. And since I'm not playing Fields, uh, we'll leave that alone. Give me Barkley. Uh Against the Coats, 8K. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. I like McCaffrey as well, but they they might blow out the, the Raiders and, and not turn to him. So give me Barkley. Um, give me some correlation in the game we talked about earlier. I'll go Greg Dortch, uh, minimum salary at 3K for the Cardinals, and then Drake London at 4,900 uh, for the Falcons to kind of have a little skinny stack in that game. Give me Tyler Conklin at tight end, 2,900 against the Seahawks. I like that play quite a bit. Um, I'll go up to Justin Jefferson at, at 9,500, see if he can get another 40 spot uh, against the Packers. If he doesn't, then uh, my wife will be happy. Uh, then I'll go uh, – well, I can get both of my defense that I like. I like the 49ers and I like the Patriots. Give me the Patriots for right now um, at 2,600 just in case Stedham can surprise some people. So that gives me Jared Goff, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Greg Dortch, Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Conklin, Justin Jefferson, Patriots D. Very good job, Pierre. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you for being on location and breaking all of the NFL news from down there in uh, Jacksonville. I don't know where you are. You're somewhere down farther than me. I don't know. There's only an NFL team farther than me, maybe, unless you got the Dolphin moves. But great job, Pierre, at PeeWee31 over on Twitter. And we'll talk to you again next week here on the DFS Streamer Podcast. Make sure this week, uh, start off the new year right by going out and finding a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.